Kiyota Koto. Welcome to Queenstown Live podcast, where we dive into the stuff we all struggle with but don't talk about. Overwhelm, money, boundaries, and giving ourselves the permission to do work and build businesses that we want. Mina Dubin is a writer and has penned articles for the New York Times, where I first found her. She writes about mum rage or mom rage, and her new book, Mom Rage, is out right now in stores and all the places you can get her books. I previously recorded a podcast with Minna during lockdown and we talked about my new found understanding of what Mum Rage was and she spoke to me in a way that nobody else ever had. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Minna, All right. hello. Hi. <laughs> um, we were just talking about it's been three long or short years. I don't know. It feels kind of feels short to me. Yeah, it feels like we just we just did this. Pandemic in between. <laughs> um what's what has happened to you? So uh, for some context, um I I read Minna's article in the New York Times and burst into tears and then grabbed many of my women friends um and parent friends actually by the shoulders and said, "Have you read this article?" Um and lots of them were like, "Oh my god, that describes me." So um talking about mum rage and the fact that no one talks about it. So, what has happened since that article? Because when did what? When did that come out? That was that was that two thousand twenty. Yeah the the rage mothers don't talk about is the one is the one that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First came out in September two thousand nineteen in the New York Times, and then they republished it in April twenty twenty after the pandemic started, and I, that's probably when you saw it. Yes. Um, and then. Had the second article come out that mom uh, rage not when pandemic? we talked, but then I read the second article. Yeah, yeah. So since we've talked, I wrote that second article, which was perfect timing, right? All the moms were going crazy in the pandemic, and um, and then I got a book deal, and I have since written uh, the book Mom Rage. I'm holding it yes, up. Yes, <laughs> mine is awaiting. New Zealand, I think, gets books like the last in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, your version, I'm guessing, will be Mum Rage and yes. UM. Uh, yeah. So I've been working on this book since then, and it is finally finished. It is. Well done. Yeah. Now, first question is, have you celebrated the fact that you've written a book? Have you actually stopped and celebrated? You know, it's tricky with a book because there's so many end moments. It's like, oh, my God, I, I, I sent in my first draft. And then it's, I sent in my fourth draft, <laughs> you know, that it's like, I did the copy edits and like, it just never ends. Like even now, like I just finished the audiobook. Like when am I done with when I don't know when the completion point is. And so, yes, I have celebrated in small ways, like opened up a bottle of champagne with my husband and like, you know what I mean? But also I think that it comes out in America, September 19th. It's the 28th of September in the UK and abroad. Um, but on the 21st, which is also my birthday, um, I'm having like my big book launch, my, you know, my first reading and followed by a party. And to, and so it's like my birthday party and my book party. And so to me, that's the like, that's when I get to really celebrate. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Totally amazing. Yeah. Cause many women I talk to don't, well, many people actually, I don't, I talk to do not celebrate like in any way, shape or form. 
Um, a friend of mine also wrote a book about plants, which is beautiful. And I said, have you celebrated? And she went, oh, no, I'm <laughs> on to the next thing. And I was like, okay, can we just pause, please? Because there's an actual physical thing in your hand that you created. Oh, yeah. It's really important. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I'm, I'm definitely getting myself cupcakes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> mash them all and have yeah. them and share them with no one I say oh yeah um so as moms and women we're not supposed to be angry right the, the the and the reason why your article resonated with me so much is because I had never experienced rage like I did when I had a kid mm-hmm. but also it I'd never seen it written anywhere so I didn't know I think in the depths of my mind I somewhere thought other people must feel like this because I'm obviously not the only person who feels in the world but nobody talks about it and it scared me so much that when I read that the tears were holy crap there's somebody else who's talking about it but also why is no one talking about it why why you know know? yeah I mean I think there's a I think it's a multi-pronged answer you know no one's talking about it for a lot of reasons but I think the big answer is that um, there's a ton of pressure on women to be to be mothers in the first place, and then motherhood is seen as like the peak of womanhood, right? And so it's like the thing that you like have been wanting, and that everyone thinks is your best thing, right? It's the most important thing you've ever done. Is how the world sees it, and um, anger or angry women um, are seen. Anger in women is seen as a character flaw, whereas in men, it's seen, um, it's forgiven. It's seen as like, it's because of something else. Like the situation is what made the guy mad. Whereas for women, she's seen as a bitch or shrill or nasty. And so it's something bad, right? It's something bad about you. So if you're an angry woman, you're a bad woman. And if you're an angry mother and mother is the best thing that you could be, then the, then like the, and also the only thing you are right. Because in motherhood, you sort of like, at least at the beginning, you lose yourself and you're sort of just a mom for a while. And so if you're an angry mom, that's like the worst possible thing you can be. There's so much pressure to be a like, quote unquote, good mom. Mm -hmm. And so there's a ton of shame. And there've been all sorts of studies that show that women and men experience anger, um, the same frequency, the same number of times a day or whatever, but women feel so much more shame around their anger than men do. And so I, one, I think the main reason people, women don't talk about it is because we feel, we feel bad about it. And we think that it it says something bad about us as people and as mothers. Yeah, absolutely. And I know from working in um, the family violence space, when we, when we talk about when there's a an uh, an episode that happens and and the police attend an episode mm-hmm. and they call them episodes but not incidents because there's always another story like before and after there's oh, not like an incident uh-huh. is like a thing that just happens and that's never the case right. when they say when they make an arrest of a man and a, a, of a man and a woman the anger around that and the the research around it is so different about why women lash out and usually it's because women have suppressed this thing for so long And then they're trying to protect something, whether that's a child or themselves or the fear of death. Whereas with men, it's like it's a thing that just like pops off because it's Mm -hmm. more expected or accepted. 
And so when the, when police are arresting, you know, they turn up at a, a, a house and they have to arrest both people because they don't know who's done what. There's a lot of training now done around police around what's happened there with who's in that household. And I find that really interesting when we're talking about what, you know, how we express and then other people see that stuff from us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and really interesting. Yeah, and men's ang- men have more access, easier access to their anger. And like you said, women stuff it down, just like men have men stuff down their sadness and they don't have as easy access to it and women have easier access to their sadness. Um and I talk about in the book I talk about how mom rage, you know, it looks like there's a lady having an anger issue, you know, having an anger problem, but really like mom rage is actually very complicated cycle with five different phases. And one of the phases before the mom blows up in rage, I call it emotional whack-a-mole. Do you know that game whack-a-mole? Oh yeah. <laughs> where the, where the little mole comes yeah, like an arcade yeah, yeah. game and you whack it down. And that, that's what women learn to do with their anger. When there's something that's uncomfortable that comes up and an uncomfortable emotion like anger, we whack it down and eventually it does explode. Yeah, it does explode. And I I think when, you know, when I read your article about the thing that changed for me was one learning, starting to learn about um, the few steps before I ended up exploding. So it's like kind of like I I always think of it like kind of like concussion because I've had concussion. And the, the, the woman who was like, you know, coaching me about getting back into work was like, Jane, you've got to do less a few steps before you go over the limit and then you're on your back for three days because you're so tired. It's right. like that for me with rage. Like I see the little things that pop up now and I recognize them. So then I can go, instead of losing the shit with my kid or with my right. husband, I can actually implement some things around, you know, the, I mean, the, the term self-care is interesting and I know you we've talked about this before, but actually start to say, what do I need right now? And if that's just remove myself from the house into another room or, ah, look, I haven't actually done any exercise for five days or something else is going on. And all the weight of the, like even seeing the weight of the world on, on what we carry um, as mums, like seeing it from that rather than going straight to, I am a shitbag person because I've just snapped at my kid. Um, and doing a lot of that repair, obviously the repair with her about talking about when I, if I get mad, but just the weight of the shame is, is, is like a tenth of what it used to be because I've yeah. been able to internalize. That is amazing. That. Yeah. That is amazing to be able to, I mean, that's, that's like the hugest and hardest step, I think actually it, because moms who rage don't feel like the rage is a choice. You know, there's not moms who are struggling with rage don't usually have that moment where they stop and think to themselves, hmm, what's the best way to react here? Is it raging? You know, because we would all pick no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so the fact that the fact that you're able to recognize that like you're ramping up towards that, even if it's just like over the course of a couple days, you yeah. know, is is amazing. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I suppose it's like, I talked to my therapist the other day about, you know, I said, we're we're human at the first point. And you know, therapists need therapists. But you writing about mum rage, how has how has yours changed? And do you still layer stuff on yourself? You know, you, you know, and it's like therapists go, 
oh my god i did this thing and i teach people not to do that thing and you just mm-hmm. you do it anyway because you're a human being how yeah. how has your how has your situation changed through writing about it and probably still losing your shit because you're human yeah i mean it's not like i have some perfect like snap your fingers solution it does help to to be writing about it and talking about it um and thinking about it and researching about it and so it gives me a sort of mindfulness that i think i didn't have originally um i also don't feel quite as bad about it when it does happen um because of this work and the feedback that I've gotten, like when I first wrote that article in 2019, I didn't know that this was like an international emotional crisis happening. I had no idea. I totally also thought I was alone. So the experience that you had when you read it and you were like, oh my God, it's not just me. Like I had that exact same experience after I read it and people responded. Um, Part of it is just that my kids have gotten older yeah. and are like rational beings <laughs> and like oh even like god I don't think it was today I think it was yesterday you know my older kid uh is very physical and like when when they like to play they play in a very physical rough way with other kids and they're at a camp right now where the kids are younger you know like two years younger and the other kids like here there've been a couple of times where I've gone to pick them up and the kids have I've gotten a story where the other kid got hurt and this used to happen all the time when my older kid was little and so I have like some like it's a trigger for me to like go to pick up and to like get taken aside and told what happened and so that happened recently and I was like in the car and I was you know talking to my kid and I'm like we can't do this like and I started like I started getting upset and I was like I'm just going to breathe for a minute here. <laughs> like I said it out loud and I just sat there and I took a couple deep breaths and I felt this little hand come on my shoulder and my older kid just like put their hand on my shoulder and just like touched me. And I like reached back and put my hand on their hand and it just like, that was it. And the moment was over. So like, I still get triggered and I still get upset. Um, but sometimes I have the wherewithal to like, say out loud I'm feeling upset and that can help and like I don't know it's sweet like it's still hard and and it helps that they're growing up and that yeah. I'm growing we're all growing up still but we are all too. growing up still I don't know what I want to do when I grow up like god damn it <laughs> I still have no clue and it's like why why I always say, you know, kids do these, they drive us insane and they, you know, like the whining is my trigger. Like it just drives me insane. And we just recently learned that um, my six-year-old, near six-year-old has um, night terrors and they've got a lot better. Like we've recognized a lot of it is stress, tiredness related, but she used to like wind herself up into this rage herself. So I would obviously, I would see myself in her and be like, oh my God, but the wind up used to produce this thing in me where I was just like just go back to sleep like why can't you just go back to sleep but then they she'd go back to sleep and then in the morning would come in and be like you're all right mom and I'm like why do you know how to do that why do you know how to be this annoying crazy frustrating being and then this gorgeous you know how to say the right thing and and they're just they're they're just children are just 
I mean, amazingly incredible, but also drive me mad. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What yep. are you, magical being? Yeah. Yeah. My 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 older one, um he uses he and they they pronouns both. Mm-hmm. So I sort of go back and forth. Um he has like a real way with language. And you know, I'm a writer, so like that's like a direct way into my heart. And we were like starting to get escalated about something this was a couple months ago and 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 I was like telling him that that he can't say something because it's really annoying and he was like you know but is it is it disrespectful because he's trying I'm trying to teach him about like what's disrespectful and what's not and he's I'm like no it's not disrespectful it's just really annoying he was like he started getting upset and we started getting upset and he turned to me and he goes why are you trying to silence me And I just looked at him and we were like staring at each other's eyes and I just burst into laughter and then he burst into laughter and I gave him a big hug. I was just like, I love you. And it was just like, it just totally de-escalated me when he said that. And and then I was able to just like hug him, come towards him instead of like pushing, you know? Yeah. 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 And that's all we want. We just want to be... We want to get closer to each other, but but because we are human and experience these emotions that, you know, scare us or overwhelm us, we tend to just push away and actually the going in right. Is, right. Well, is the bit. And I wanted him to hear me, but he was like, I want you to hear me, <laughs> you know? So where do we go? Right. right. <laughs> Who is heard first? Thank you very much. It's like my, um, I said to my six-year-old, you know, we talk, we've talked about bodies and owning our own bodies from very, very little. Um, and she came up to me one day and she, and I said, oh, you know, we need to do these jobs. She's like, you're not the boss of me. Uh, this is my body. And I was like, yeah, no, it is. I, I'm not the boss of your body, but I'm the boss of this house. And she's like, well, I don't, I don't want to do the dishwasher because you taking over and telling me what to do with my body. And I just burst out laughing. And I was like, kind of, yeah. But still do the goddamn dishwasher because that's your job and I ain't doing it. (laughs) I feel like there could actually be an entire book written on the consequences that have come from our generation and the like bodily autonomy that we're trying to teach our kids and and all those conversations. Like I feel like every modern like progressive parent has that moment with their kids. Like, you know, I'm always trying to get my kids to like wear a sweatshirt or wear pants. It's not appropriate shorts weather. And they're like, I'm not cold and you can't tell me what's happening with my body. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> yay, but also put the goddamn sweater on. <laughs> I know, I love it. Like we had no, we were taught no body autonomy at all. Gen, I yeah. love my Gen X, you know, we just like randomly dragged up. Um, and now we're trying to just make it better in some way. Um, yeah. So with your book, let's get to it because it's very right. exciting. Has there been a response from the different countries? Like, is it has it been very different? Or do you know? Uh, do I mean, you the book's, know the book's not out yet. The articles you've done. Oh, I mean, the information that I have about other countries, some of which is in the book, is just from interviews that I've right. done with, with moms, and then like uh, some research. So, you know, the, the book's not out till September. So I don't know how the countries are going to respond yeah, yeah. to it. They're going to love it. They're going <laughs> to buy it in millions. I tell you now, I yeah. can see the future. 
But I, I mean, I loved, I loved talking to moms from other countries and I was particularly interested in it. I mean, one, because all these moms reached out to me after the articles from other countries. And so I was like, oh, this is international. So I was curious to explore that. And two, in America, we do a lot of like, you know, the mother care in America is so abysmal yeah. that we often talk about, you know, certain countries in Europe that like have amazing, you know, a year and a half of paid family leave and like universal childcare and all the things that like we wish that we had here. Um, and so I wanted to talk to those mothers to see if we had the policies in place, would the mom rage go away? Like yeah. that was, that was sort of my research question that I was curious about. And the answer is no, it's not. Um, and that, and, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't also have the policies. Like we need the policies for sure, but it's, it's part of a larger patriarchal system. Like it yeah. is about the patriarchy and the way that moms are neglected in society and the way that like mothers live in the homes, like mothers, especially particularly married to men, right? Like we're still dealing with like patriarchal norms and like unequal labor divisions in the home and moms being assumed as the primary parent taking on all the, you know, invisible labor. Like it's all, everything still falls on moms, even with the structural supports. And so the answer, the answer to like eradicating mom range is much bigger than the policies and we still need the policies. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we talked a lot about when I had a baby, the fact that we go home to these little boxes and try and bring up these little tiny humans on our own with no, particularly here where I live, like there's a lot of people who have come from other countries where their parents aren't around or their grandparents aren't around. And we try and somehow, you know, wrestle with the fact that we can do this on our own with no one else to to support us or carry the weight of and you know for for Mari here indigenous people of this land they talk a lot about there's there's usually you with your baby and then you've got 15 aunties and uncles right. and cousins right. who come in and swoop that baby up and protect you and care for you and carry you along in that right. so the the ability to be angry is is a well anger the normal emotion that it is but the ability to be able to have all these people around you constantly. Um, yeah. So that, that, that pressure is diffused between all these family members. Whereas, you know, I went home and there was me and my husband going, what the fuck just happened? Right. You know? Right. It take, well, it takes, if you have that kind of community, it takes away also the isolation. Yep. Mother, like mothering in, in a nuclear family is so, so isolating. Yep. Um, so that yeah. helps also. And just like not only having people to take care of the baby, like that's super important. But like, as you were talking, I was like, right, those people are taking care of the mother. Yeah. Like in, in, in so many societies, including America, everything is focused on the baby. Yeah. Like when you, even like what in America, you know, we have, a, we have baby showers for the mom, like when she's pregnant and before she gives birth, but like, it's about the baby. It's not about like celebrating her becoming a mother. Everything is baby focused, not mother focused. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And her body doing this incredibly hard <laughs> thing, you know? That's, yeah. 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 So what, with the book coming out, what do you, what, is there anything that you hope for it? Yeah. I mean, I have, you know, I think my, 
when you when you write a book, people advise you to think about what would make you what would feel like success for you and to sort of like make a list. And I don't know that I've made that list, but like mentally, um, it has been very important to me to remember why I wrote this book um, and what is like, what is my real goal with this book? Because like, it is very easy to get caught up in like all the publicity and like wanting your book to do well, you know, whatever that means, sell, I guess. Um, And like, of course I want my book to do well, but my goal is really hoping to provide relief to mothers so that mothers like a don't feel so alone and, and so ashamed. And that um, also hopefully to, to show them that like that mom ranch is bigger than what's happening in their home, that, that it is this, you know, huge emotional thing happening all over the world. And it is based like on the society and not because their kid didn't tie their shoes. Yeah. Even though it feels like that. And even though yeah. it looks like that, it's yeah. not that. Yeah. And to re- relieve that, re- that re- you know, release that backpack of weight that we carry around with us all day, every day. Yeah. I mean, even like, even in the, um, the dedication at the front, you know, I thought about, you know, who's this for? Am I writing? Like, should I, should I put my kids in there? Should you know you write a book it's like your big thing like should it be for my family and I was just like nope this one's for the mamas like that's who this book is for yeah this is for me god damn it I'm writing this book to me (laughs) yeah so that's that's like that's my real I mean that's like that is my simplest and like most uh, like heart like deepest hope yeah um I also hope that perhaps in my wildest dreams, this book would spur larger social change. Um, but yeah, really, I, I just, I want moms I, to feel no, seen. I, I think it will. I know it will. And I think often you don't know that. So you'll, you'll never know those secrets <laughs> and those surprises, those little gifts that it gives to people. Um, yeah. You'll never know like the power of it. I can't wait. It's going to land in my lap some point and I'm going to take a week off <laughs> and I'm going to read it probably in a day um amazing so are you ready for your quick fire round sure I forgot about the quick fire round yeah baby it's still there <laughs> um the thing Uh-oh. that makes me hard to live with <laughs> um I'm I'm messy <laughs> <laughs> Um, share something nostalgic. Um, shoot. Oh, for, uh, we did a Father's Day redo because we were all so sick on Father's Day and we, I took my family to brunch and we went to this restaurant that was in San Francisco. We live, you know, in a different city now, but we took, uh, I took them there because it was the restaurant where we told my in-laws that we were having a baby. And so it felt like appropriate for Father's Day. Oh, that's Day. so lovely. That's yeah. really lovely. Um, Kindle, book, audio? Uh, book. But for Mom Rage, you all should also buy the audio because I yes, did the audio should. and it's going to be great. Yes, you should, people. <laughs> I love it. Uh, something you want to learn? Um, I would like to learn some fiction tricks because I want to write fiction for the next one. 
Nice. Um, yeah. Favorite film? Almost Famous. Oh, I did not expect that. Good Kate Hudson. Um, <laughs> I love that Manicure, movie. yeah. Manicure, pedicure, facial? Uh, pedicure. Um, a country you'd visit now? New Zealand. Oh, yeah, baby. There's a spare room right here for you. Honestly, do it. Um, although the cost of things here at the minute is like avocados, $9 each. That's oh, normal. Yeah, I know. Totally bonkers. Um, and the current book that you're reading, apart from your own, obviously. Oh, I know the answer to that. I'm reading uh, Amanda Monty's Touched Out. Ooh. Uh, it's touched out i think the subtitle is motherhood misogyny consent and control nice do, do you ever two weeks before mine i was gonna say do you ever have a, a, a do you i hope you read stuff that is just randomly random <laughs> <laughs> i do i do yeah but i have so much i get so much like book stuff that like i not a lot at the moment yeah Fair enough. Yeah. Um, fair yeah. enough. Um, Minna, this has been so lovely and I'm so glad we stayed in touch me from too. so long ago. Um, yeah, and I so cannot I wait, cannot wait for your book to land in my house um, and I'll share it around with everybody. Me well too. done. It is, it is. Oh, actually, I don't know when this is going to come out, but if it comes oh. out after the book. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Everyone should go buy the book. We will. <laughs> Amazing. Goodbye. Bye.